What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. What is going on, everybody? Hopefully you are doing well. Hopefully as you listen to this, you find yourself in a good place. I'm excited that we get to walk together this morning. My name is Nick, and I get the privilege of being one of the pastors here at New Vision. And if you are new to this podcast thing, welcome. We are so glad you were here. It may be worth your time to go back and listen to the ones prior to this, as we've been doing this for several years and really have gone through a lot of God's Word. And so today... We're going to pick up where I left off yesterday. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 11, verses 1 through 23. Today, I'm going to be reading from the CSV version. And so if it sounds a little different than what you're reading, that is why I'm possibly reading a different translation. Also, how we're going to kind of navigate is I'm going to read the scripture and the text in its entirety. Then I'm going to come back, pull out some thoughts and some insights, and then Hopefully, we will walk differently today together in light of God's Word. But I'm glad you were here. Let's dive in. Joshua chapter 11, verse 1, and we're going to be going through verse 23. It says this, When King Jabin of Hazor heard this news, he sent a message to King Jobab. (laughs) I totally massacred that, but we're just going to pretend that I said it right. Of Medan, the kings of Shimron and Aksaph, and the kings of the north, north in the hill country, the Arabah south of Chinnereth, the Judean foothills, and the slopes of Dor to the west, the Canaanites in east and west, the Amorites, the Herthasites, the Perjacites, and Jebusites in the hill country, and the Hivites at the foot of Hermon in the land of Mizpah. They went out with all their armies, a multitude as numerous as the sands on the seashore, along with a vast number of horses and chariots, All these kings joined forces. They came and camped together at the waters of Miriam to attack Israel. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. That is a normal dialogue that Joshua and God have. Do not be afraid of them. For all this time tomorrow, I will cause all of them to be killed before Israel. You are to hamstring their horses and burn their chariots. So Joshua and all his troops surprised them at the waters of Miriam and attacked them. The Lord handed them over to Israel, and they struck them down, pursuing them as far as greater Sidon and Misforth, Maam, and to the east as far as the valley of Mizpeh. They struck them down, leaving no survivors. Joshua treated them as the Lord had told them. He hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots. At that time, Joshua turned back captured Hazor and struck down its king with a sword because Hazor had formerly been the leader of all these kingdoms. They struck down everyone in it with the sword, completely destroying them. He left no one alive. Then he burned Hazor. Joshua captured all these kings in their cities and struck them down with a sword. He completely destroyed them as Moses, the Lord's servant, had commanded. However, Israel did not burn any of the cities that stood on their mounds except Hazor, which Joshua burned. The Israelites plundered all the spoils and cattle of these cities for themselves. But they struck down every person with the sword until they had annihilated them, leaving no one alive, just as the Lord had commanded his servant Moses. Moses commanded Joshua. That is what Joshua did. 
leaving nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So Joshua took all this land, the hill country, all the Negev, and all the land of Goshen, the foothills of Arabah, and the hill country of Israel with its foothills, from Mount Haluk, which ascends to Seir, as far as Belgad in the valley of Lebanon, at the foot of Mount Hermon. He captured all their kings and struck them down, putting them, on, putting them to death. Joshua waged war with all the kings for a long time. No city made peace with Israel except the Hivites who inhabited Gibeon. All of them were taken in battle. For it was the Lord's intention to harden their hearts so that they would engage Israel in battle, be completely destroyed without mercy, and be annihilated just as the Lord had commanded Moses. We'll come back to that. At that time, Joshua proceeded to exterminate the Anakim, from the hill country, Hebron, Debir, Anab, all the hill country of Judea and of Israel, Joshua completely destroyed them with their cities. No Anakim were left in the land of the Israelites, except for some remaining in Gaza, Gath, and Ashud. So Joshua took the entire land in keeping with all that the Lord had told Moses. Joshua then gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal allotments. After this, the land had rested from war. I want you to notice in these first, uh, what is it, five to six verses, you see that the response that these kingdoms have, King Jabin of Hazor gets all of his cronies together, get all of these cities together because they are going to attack Israel. They are going to make Israel bend to their will. But yet here's something I want us to think about. Think about this. The king of Hazor, King Jabin, all he had to do was to repent. All he had to do was to go to Joshua and say, hey, Joshua, man, we see the whooping you have put on these other cities and these other nations. We are turning from our wicked ways. We, want, we recognize that your God is the one true God. We recognize that he knows what he's doing, that he is gracious, that he is merciful. And so because of that, we want to turn from the way we were doing it that led to death, and we want to embrace this new way of doing it. They could have done that, but we see they did not do that. <laughs> they did not do that at all. They decided to take matters into their own hands. And speaking from personal experience, whenever I have a choice either to repent or to figure it out my own way, and I choose to do it my own way, it never leads to the end result that I desire. It always gets messier and worse. And we see that with all of these nations that tried to stand against God's chosen people. Again, verse 8, it says, The Lord handed them over to Israel, and they struck them down, pursuing them as far as greater Sidon and Misphoth, Miam, and to the east as far as the valley of Mizpah. They struck them down, leaving no survivors. Joshua treated them as the Lord had told them. He hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots. What I see in this is that Joshua was obedient. A lot of times for me, obedience is a dirty word. I don't like it. I want to do it my own way. I want to do figure it out myself. And to be obedient feels like I'm giving in and not really being who all I can be. But what I'm learning in the economy of God, obedience is the steps we take into God's best. It's the only way we get there. And it requires us to lay down our will and lay down our ways, but it's to pick up something that will lead to something better. Joshua was obedient. He did all that his heavenly father called him to do. He did it all. He did it all. 
He walked in the ways of his king and he was obedient. He was obedient. And man, it led to God's best. Keeps on going. There's another part I want us to, to highlight. It says this, verse 20. Now, this could be confusing, so let's walk through it slowly. For it was the Lord's intention to harden their hearts so that they would engage Israel in battle, be completely destroyed without mercy, and be annihilated just as the Lord had commanded Moses. We have seen this hardening of heart before. Most notably, since we're in Joshua, we see this with Pharaoh's heart when it comes to letting the nation of Israel go. See, it seems like, God, why would you do that? Why would you harden your heart of these people? Why would you do that? See, the reason why the Lord allowed for their hearts to be hardened is because they were already set on doing it their own way. They were not going to repent. They were not going to bow down. They were not going to relent in the pathway in which they were heading down. And so the Lord just let them meet their end. So he goes, hey, if that is what you want, then I'm going to allow it to happen and I'm just going to allow your heart to be hardened. If you're not willing to listen to me, you're not willing to accept my mercy and my grace, I'm going to allow you to walk down this path that is not going to lead to life, but ultimately it is going to lead to death. I thought about it like this. Let's say we're supposed to go on a trip and we're going to go to, um, let's say Colorado. (laughs) We're going to go to Colorado and we're going to go ski, We have some awesome plans. We have the cabin booked. We have all these things. I get in the car with you and you're going, hey, I'm going to head down I-65 South. And I go, you know what? I-65 South will not lead us to the destination in which we want. And you go, but I'm going to head down I-65 South. I'm going to go this way. No matter what you say, Nick, I'm going down I-65 South and I will make I-65 South lead me to Colorado. And I see that you are determined. I see that you are going to do it your own way, that you're not giving ear to me. So I am going to get out of the car and allow you to go down that path. I've tried and I've tried to explain to you that no matter what, I-65 South is not going to lead us to Colorado. And so I get out of the car and I allow you to go down that path. And what do you find out? You find out that I-65 South does not lead to Colorado. And so God, in allowing these hearts of these kingdoms and these kings to be hardening, is he allowed them to continue down the path in which they were determined to go. And thus, their hearts became hardened because they were not willing and they were unrelenting in listening to the softening words and the grace of the king. Verse 23. Um, So Joshua took the entire land and keeping with all the Lord had told Moses Joshua then gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to the tribal allotments. After this, the land had rest from war. For one, I want you to notice this. I love how how, how this kind of concludes before chapter 12. It concludes with, The Lord did exactly what He promised He would do. Now listen, here's something I want you to notice. It probably was not in the way in which Joshua envisioned. And typically... That's a lot of times how it works. We have this plan and we think the Lord's going to work this way and it doesn't go the way we thought it would go, but it does lead to God fulfilling his promise because he's a promise keeper. I'm sure when Joshua was marching around the walls of Jericho, he's like, no way. 
would I ever imagine that we were going to do a worship set and the walls were going to come down. But that's exactly what happened. Just because it doesn't look the way that we thought it would look doesn't mean that God is not up to something and that he's not going to keep his promises. And I think that might be worthwhile someone writing down or someone rem remembering that as you navigate today. The other thing, I love this last line. After this, the land had rest from war. You know this, that, that God's word is, as you look backwards, you're also looking forward. There is going to be a day where our king will come back on a white horse with sword drawn, and he's going to bring in peace. And there will be rest from war. And I love that he gives this glimpse in Joshua chapter 11 of what is to come and what was at the time. And so remember that the king already has sealed the victory. The king is already before us. And so we can trust the king to do only what the king can do. Now, we are reminded that it doesn't always look the way we think it's going to look. But God is a promise keeper. Today, I hope that encourages you. I hope you remember that. I hope you know that grace is offered. Mercy is offered. And the Lord is for you and he loves you. And so as you navigate today, may you keep that at the forefront of your mind and be reminded of that truth as you navigate. Know this, that you do have a king who goes before you. You do have a king in your midst and you do have a king who has your back. May you live in that posture today. I look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow as we continue on this journey through the book of Joshua. You guys be blessed. You be safe out there. And we look forward to being back with you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.